Warning. Episode 4 of Conspiracy Chronicles Unveiling the Truth may contain explicit language or descriptive scenes and sounds of horror. This episode is intended for adults, which may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome fellow truth seekers to another intriguing episode of Conspiracy Chronicles, Unveiling the Truth. I'm your host, Gyorkam Yuksev, and today we're stepping into the shadowy realm of the unknown, where fact and folklore converge into the enigmatic world of ghosts. an intense intro soundtrack that was I don't know about you guys but that sent a little bit of a a shiver down my spine but I mean Halloween is about two months away and I've already noticed some stores getting their Halloween uh, costumes and Halloween decorations up and going so I figured this would be a great way to jump in and and start to do some Halloween related shows. Today we're going to talk about ghosts, maybe goblins, uh, some paranormal activity, EVPs. Um, There's some newer equipment out. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the shows on TV like Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures. Uh, It seems like they're coming out with some newer technology and I put that in air quotes just because I don't know if you could really call it technology. They're not real ghost hunting technology. It's basically stuff that they they dream up on their own and uh, or somebody else has dreamt up and decided to sell it. But um, uh, definitely some interesting stuff. I'd like to delve into a, a little bit of that and, and see the credibility behind some of these. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about the, the credibility of some of these shows. Uh, I mean, are they scripted? Uh, there's always been some talk about uh, Ghost Hunters, for instance, being scripted, um, as well as Ghost Adventures as well. I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other. I mean, we can discuss it. We uh, will definitely present evidence from either side. And then I'll leave it up to you to decide. Uh, it's not for me to be uh, judge, jury, and executioner here. I'm just presenting some some facts and some uh, information and it's up to you to make up your own mind. So why don't we just jump right in and get started. So where did these spectral shenanigans originate? Well, gather around my fellow seekers of supernatural silliness as we embark on a whimsical journey through the history of ghostly tales. It all started way back in the ancient times when our ancestors were still trying to figure out what made the sun go night-night and why rocks were so damn hard to chew. You see, they were a superstitious bunch 
and their overactive imaginations cooked up some pretty creative explanations for the strange and spooky things that happened. First, they probably noticed that when Aunt Mildred ate too many fermented grapes at the village feast, she became a bit, shall we say, ethereal. And when Cousin Bob tried to scare away the saber-toothed tigers with his feeble dance moves, uh, he often disappeared without a trace. So they concluded that these disappearing acts were just early attempts at ghostly pranks. Now fast forward to ancient civilizations like Egypt and Mesopotamia. They had their own ghostly encounters and they believed that the dearly departed stuck around to haunt the living. Probably because they didn't want to miss out on all the gossip and drama. I mean, the Egyptians even went to the trouble of preserving the bodies in pyramids, just in case their pharaohs wanted to pop back in for a quick boo and some afterlife pampering. Now, the Greeks and Romans got into the ghostly game too, because why let the Egyptians have all the spooky fun, right? They thought that ghosts were just unhappy souls who had gotten, or sorry, who hadn't gotten their fill of baklava or wine before crossing over to the other side. So they left offerings of tasty treats to keep those pesky spirits from pulling pranks on the living. Then we have medieval Europe. Things got even more ghost-tastic. People were convinced that ghosts were just regular folks who had a rough time in the afterlife, like getting lost on their way to ghostly yoga class or being haunted by the eternal question of, do I look good in this shroud? Now, to appease these spirits, they built creepy castles and whispered tales of restless souls into the dark. Oh, and let's not forget the Victorians who made ghost hunting all the rage. They believed in ghosts so much that they invited them over for tea parties, seances, and get this, whispered sweet nothings into their Ouija boards. So there you have it, my spectral loving friends. This notion of ghosts has been haunting humanity for ages, all the way from tipsy Aunt Mildred to pharaohs with post-mortem FOMO. I mean, whether you're a believer or a skeptic, you can't deny that the world of ghosts is delightfully spooky and an endless entertainment rabbit hole of the imagination. So the next time you hear a creaky floorboard or see a shadowy figure in the corner of your eye, just remember, it could be a ghost with a sense of humor ready to play a trick or two from the other side. Alright, so before we jump into any other topics here, I just wanted to call out the fact that my voice may sound a little bit different than what you've heard at, from the beginning of this podcast, and no, I am not possessed by any spirits or no spirits have taken over my body. It is merely just a brand new studio quality microphone that arrived in the middle of uh, recording this podcast, so... Just wanted to let you know in case you're wondering or got worried about me but uh, uh, at the same time I have come down with a slight cold so that could also add to the to the difference in deepness of my voice but uh, the show must go on so onwards we go okay so one of the topics I'd really like to discuss is children and their ability to see ghosts or paranormal phenomenon for that matter. So can kids see ghosts? Well, it's a bit like asking if unicorns moonlight as taxi drivers. It really depends on who you ask. 
Some folks firmly believe that children have a hotline to the spirit world. They think kids are like ghost magnets, thanks to their wild imaginations and their knack for turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. Who needs a Ghostbuster hotline when you have a toddler, right? But hold on to your ectoplasmic proton packs. Skeptics are here to rain on the spectral parade, as they always do. They argue that kids, with their boundless creativity and knack for mixing reality with make-believe, might be seeing things that go bump in the night in their dreams. Or could it be a side effect of too many bedtime snacks of ghostly shaped cookies? When it comes to science, well, scientists aren't exactly organizing ghost hunting field trips to kindergarten classrooms. They usually suggest that these ghostly encounters are more about overactive imaginations, sleep quirks, or too many Halloween candies. It is, however, important to note and remember that children have vivid imaginations and their perception of the world can be quite different from that of adults. Psychologists and scientists typically approach claims of ghost sightings or paranormal experiences with skepticism and often attribute these experiences to psychological or environmental factors rather than actual encounters with supernatural entities. These factors can include sleep disturbances, hallucinations, the power of suggestion, or even environmental cues that trigger feelings of fear. So ultimately, whether or not children can see ghosts is a matter of personal belief and perspective. Some people believe that children may have a greater sensitivity to the paranormal, while others view such claims as products of the imagination or influenced by cultural or societal factors. There is no scientific evidence to definitively support the existence of ghosts or the idea that children are more likely to see them. Interestingly though, I had first-hand experience with such claims from my own daughter. At a very young age, she seemed to possess the ability to see and feel ghostly apparitions. One example was when she was two years old, her grandfather suddenly passed away. Her mother and I went down to his city to make funeral arrangements, during which time we also arranged a viewing. Now, mind you, it was a closed casket, and we're not going to get into the details of why, but we had decided that this would be too much for my daughter to handle, so we kept her home at her great-grandmother's place. Everyone at the funeral home wanted to see my daughter, so reluctantly I was persuaded to have her great-grandmother bring her down so everyone could see her. She came, she met lots of people, she laughed, played, and had a rather enjoyable time. At the end, we were the very last ones to leave. And as I turned off the lights uh, and started to shut the door, my daughter turned towards the casket, waved, and said, Bye, Papa. That sent instant shivers down my spine, considering there was no pictures beside the casket, and no one, well, as far as I know, had mentioned what this get-together was all about. And at two years old, even if she did overhear someone speaking of the deceased, I don't believe she would have been able to comprehend and understand what her papa, or that her papa was in that wooden casket at the end of the room. On another note, just a few years later, my daughter woke me up in tears at around 3am one night, clearly distraught about what she's seeing. She woke me up, pointing to the top corner of the ceiling by the foot of my bed and saying, look, look, the man, he needs help. She kept repeating and pointing there over and over. I looked and clearly saw no one was there. 
I chalked it up to a bad dream she must have had. I calmed her down. I put her back in her room, in her bed, not knowing what was to, to follow. A few days went by and I didn't hear anything about this so-called man until one day I got a call from the daycare saying she was climbing the bookshelves and they had asked her repeatedly to stop. Her reply was, the man asked her to do it and he needs help. I mean, if that's not weird, I don't know what is. At the time, only assuming it was an overactive imagination and, you know, kids having imaginary friends, I still found it odd that this theme of this man um, continued from the previous few days. But it didn't stop there. This man eventually became a boy uh, who constantly sat on her bed to the point where she refused to go to bed until I got him off the bed. After putting her to bed, I would normally hear her having conversations, uh, even just pure laughter. Uh, that is until one night, uh, again around 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, I was woken up by a shrieking scream. I ran into my daughter's room. She was sitting up crying, holding uh, herself uh, and her legs. Um, I asked her, I said, what's wrong? And she kept saying, make him stop, make him stop. He's pinching me. After that, it became a little creepy. Um, now it went from just this man or this boy, this ghostly figure, just looking at her and asking for help. Now it's becoming somewhat physical. So after openly discussing this with uh, her mom and worried about my daughter, we were seriously considering getting some type of medium to come in and check the house. But after that conversation, everything seemed to stop. And shortly after that, we moved and we haven't heard anything since then. So these are just two of my own personal experiences that I've had. But there are thousands and thousands of these claims in and around the world. I'll go ahead and play a couple of different uh, clips here for you of some of these other claims from other children. So in this clip, uh, it's a, a girl that seems to be about three years old talking to her mom about what she's seeing. So what's, what's your friend's name? Amelia. Amelia. Yeah. She died a minute ago, mommy. She died? Yeah, she died a minute ago. I was so and where do you see her? She was behind that bush. Behind, she, in the garden? Yeah, she was there. I can see her. She's got funny hair. She's got funny hair? Yeah. And her name's she, Amelia? Yeah, Amelia. what happened to her? She just hurt herself on her arm. Mm. And she died with her arm in a bush. And she stung herself. Mm. And she cried. And, and did you say that she's got silly hair, crazy hair? Yeah, crazy hair. Look, look at her hair. I can't see her, darling. Can you? Yeah. Is she your friend? Yeah, she's my. And in this next clip, it's a mother showing uh, a child's digital camera. Um, on the actual screen, you can see uh, a shadow person. Very creepy. I got my daughter this camera from Amazon for Christmas. She's three, almost four. Um, we're just hanging out at home today by ourselves. My husband's at work. She's been telling us she's been seeing somebody in her room, um, that she can't really sleep well. She refuses to sleep in there. We just moved to this house. 
Um, I never set the date or time on this camera because it's just like a little play camera. So she would quit taking her phones and taking pictures of herself because she's at that age right now. So um, we just like never set the time. So she just took a picture and she says, mommy, look, there's a man in the photo. I said, what? She said, there's a man in my photo. And I went like that real quick. Like, just this just happened just like five minutes ago. Like no one else is here. It's just us. Like I'm gonna have to change the date and time so I can get more pictures for y'all. But look at that. And that's just two examples there outside of you know my own experience. So the verdict: Can kids see ghosts? Well, it's up in the air. Much like the question of whether Bigfoot moonlights as a stand-up comedian. It all boils down to your own belief in the supernatural, your sense of humor, and how much you trust in kids' ghostly tales. So, having experienced this type of phenomenon firsthand, I can definitely say there's some high strangeness to these types of claims by children. Can we believe them all? Well, I can't say one way or the other, but we can keep sharing and let everyone decide for themselves. It's the darkest before the dawn Feel the night melt into the sun All alone But I will keep on holding on Moving on, let's delve into the world of reality TV ghost hunting shows like Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures Let's examine the credibility that they offer. Reality ghost hunting shows, you know, the fine art of chasing after things that go bump in the night with night vision cameras and a bunch of electronic gizmos that beep louder than a kid's toy store on Christmas morning. All right, picture this. A group of brave, or maybe just slightly bonkers, individuals wearing head to toe black like they're auditioning for the next Matrix movie. Armed with more gadgets than a tech convention, they traipse through haunted houses, abandoned asylums, and spooky forests in search of elusive ghosts. First up, there's the team leader, who's got the knack for explaining every creaky floorboard as a malevolent spirit's attempt to communicate. They're like the Sherlock Holmes of the supernatural world. Elementary, my dear Watson. It's just a ghost trying to borrow some sugar. Then there's the tech guru, with a gadget for every occasion. You know, EMF meters, infrared cameras, voice recorders. I mean, if it blinks, beeps, or flashes, they've got it covered. They wave these contraptions around like they're playing a game of ghost bingo and wait for any blip or bleep to confirm paranormal activity. All right, spoiler alert. Everything seems paranormal when you're in the dark with a bunch of blinking lights. Oh, and don't forget the skeptic on the team who's there to provide some much-needed comic relief. They roll their eyes so hard you think they're trying to spot ghosts through the back of their skulls. Ghosts? Nah, it's just a drafty window. <laughs> they say as they snuggle up in their sleeping bag. And finally, the scaredy cat of the group, who spends the entire show shrieking at the slightest rustle of leaves or distant creak. They're like the human ghost detector, if they're screaming, there's a 99.9% .9 chance of supernatural activity, or a misplaced spider. I mean, these ghost hunters wander around whispering questions into the air like they're chatting with a long-lost cousin at a family reunion. Are you here, spirit? 
Do you want to communicate? They ask as if the ghost is going to reply with, Yes, I'm here for some casual small talk. Alright, well don't just take my word for it. Here's a couple of short clips from some of the episodes of Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Susan's worried for her brother Scott's health issues because she thinks that something here is affecting it. Um, I think all four of us hit a different floor and see if any of us are able to get a response to that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great idea, each being on a floor. You know, if it decides to go somewhere, if it has intelligence, it's only gonna go to where one of us are, you Absolutely. know, so. Well, let's set it up, man. Let's yeah. do it. So right now I'm getting settled upstairs, top floor. Um, Sherry's below me. Jay's below her. Steve's below Jay in the basement. So we have this whole house covered. We have here our mobile sonar. It's getting the whole room. You can see the walls here. If I turn it, if anything shows up at all tonight, this will catch it. Hello? If there's anyone in here, these pieces of equipment should allow us to communicate back and forth. If you get close enough to these devices, they'll start to light up red. GS2 on the left. Major temperature fluctuations. Now it's full. Things lit full. Is there anything you'd like to say to Scott, the new owner of the house? Maybe his sister Susan? She thinks somebody here, or something here, might have made him sick. Is there anything you could tell me about that? Is there anyone from the Williams family here? Nothing. And all of a sudden, this one's picking up something now. Is someone here with me? Something is moving closer and closer. Is there something you want to tell us? Are you still here? So I'm in the basement right now, and this is where the morgue actually was when they were using this as a military field hospital. I have the LIDAR system, which is a mix of laser and radar. Uh, and of course, I have my EMF to see if there are any fluctuations or disturbances down here. It'll show everything behind me, to the left of me, to the right of me, everything in front of me. It'll map out the entire area and show me anything moving within that mapped out area. Anybody in the Williams family, if you can come towards me, I'm not here to try to make you do anything you don't want to do. 
We've also heard that there might be... Oh, wait a second. What is that that just popped up? Right there. It's showing an anomaly by the stairs. member of the Williams family? Do you know Mrs. Williams? Do you know Philip Williams? It's still there. People have told us that they have been pushed in this house. Is there somebody in here that's angry at somebody? Is there a reason you would push somebody? like whatever was here vanished. We found out that this basement was used as a field hospital during the Civil War. Any soldiers here? Where are you? Sherry, did you hear like a, um, almost like a, like a cry? Almost like a high pitch, like really high pitch, like, Ooh. No. Can you show yourself to me? Oh, jeez. Oh, you kidding me right now? That scared the living out of me. I was not expecting that. I've never been so pissed off at a mannequin before. Holy crap. I think we got what we came for. Let's start wrapping the investigation. Copy that. Okay, so Ghost Hunters, also known as TAPS, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, is like the Scooby-Doo gang, but for grown-ups who never quite grew out of their fascination with the supernatural. Led by the fearless duo of Jason and Grant, they don their trusty ghost hunting uniforms, okay, and it's just t-shirts, not a cape, and set off on their quest to uncover the mysteries of the haunted places. Their mission? To separate fact from fiction, the eerie from the ordinary, and maybe, just maybe, get a ghostly high five. Here's the fun part. While they're creeping around in the dark, asking questions in the air like they're chatting with invisible friends, the real stars of the show are the sound effects. Cue the dramatic music, the creaky floors, and the sudden gusts of wind. It's like a horror movie, but with a much smaller budget. As they analyze hours of footage, you'll witness the eureka moments when a chair moves or a door creaks that sends shivers down their spines. And when they find something they truly can't explain, well, 
They react like they've just won the paranormal lottery, complete with enthusiastic high fives and exclamations of, we got one. But of course, there's always that skeptical member of the team, ready to debunk any strange occurrence with a logical explanation. They're like the party pooper at a ghostly seance, but their skepticism adds a dose of humor to the mix. I mean, in the end, Ghost Hunters is a charming blend of earnest exploration, gadgets galore, and the occasional hair-raising moment. It's a show that takes the supernatural seriously while leaving room for a hearty chuckle or two. Let's take a listen to Zach Bagan's most terrifying ghost encounters on his show, Ghost Adventures. Imagine if you were to look in this wall right here, cut a hole right here, yeah. and then put a piece of plexiglass right here. Yeah. And if you could see emotions, you would just see screams and pain and crying and torment, and it's just reverberating throughout this whole building. Billy suits up with the XLS camera and heads back inside to try to get visual evidence of this male spirit. I'm back. Come on. Oh my gosh. Jack, come here quick. A figure appears to be hiding in the baby carriage, then jumps out as if it's trying to scare Billy. What happened? A figure appeared right next to the doorway, next to the baby carriage, and did a karate chop just like that, and then disappeared. Like in an instant. The same size figure that was in the icebox room with our interviewee. How big was it? Uh, tall. That's the man. Tall. Like that's that tall. That's the man. Nothing now. Nothing. He showed himself, and he showed that he's that he's can fight or whatever. That's what he did, and now he's gone. He was just talking to me. You screamed at me. Whoa, I could hear the guys in the background screaming. What's going on right now? We're stuck in here, what's going on? Spirits, tell me what's going on. Dude, the whole wall just shook. That's crazy. Oh, I swear, I just saw someone right here. Got a little dizzy. You feeling dizzy? Yeah, it was weird. What was that? What was that? was like a loud breath. It was like a voice. I heard it. There was it. something move. It's like ten or going clink clink or something like that. Whoa. What was that? What was yeah. that? At this very moment, we begin hearing strange disembodied voices. Keep in mind, we are the only people in this building. I know there's a man here, and I want you to tell us who you are. Oh, that's funny. What was that? I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's funny. What was that? I don't know. I now head back into the son's room, and I'm drawn to this creepy clown doll for some weird reason. That one? I hate that doll. It's something like this doll. 100%. I didn't like it the second I saw it. That's the first thing you saw when we first came up here, was looking right at you. Remember? Yeah. Ow, ow, ow! What? 
As I feel pain in my hand as I move the doll with my other hand, I try to communicate with it by using the ovulus. Hold on. Is there anything you want to tell us? Thank. You said thank? The doll just thanked us. Why would you thank us? Yeah. No. Why are you thanking us? What is your name, doll? Do you have a name? What? Grace! What? It gave us a Shut name. Shut up. Grace. Oh, I can see it from here. Look, Aaron. Hi, Grace. That's your name, Grace? What do you want us to do? Touch. Well, touch! No. It says touch. No. And tool. Do you think about it? It's like touch. It's been held yeah, by someone so long. When I touched so it, when I touched yeah, it. Yeah, it's like that's what the toys want. Look at my arms right now can I, I i gotta tell you dude it stood up on it and i was gonna tell, say a sentence and it, it did that did the doll just tell us that it was touching billy what? tell us about yourself tell us yeah, about this... yourself shy i just said tell us about yourself it's playing with us it's completely toying with playing with us you're shy what should we do with you where should we take you cook is there somewhere we should take you to cook? It wants to go to the kitchen. Let's take it to the kitchen. I immediately send Aaron to the kitchen to see if this message means anything. And as I do, I receive this. Tell us what you want in the kitchen. Reveal. 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 It wants to reveal something to us in the kitchen. You can see that? Yes, yeah, I, I got it. You're not going to do anything more to me. Leave my body, I don't want anything to do with you. Look, we're just trying to find out some answers for the owners and people who've had experiences here. From what I understand, this is where they buried a lot of the bodies, am I right? As Aaron reviews his recorder, he captures something absolutely chilling. Billy now sets up some trigger balls that will light up only if they are physically touched or moved. I know I saw you with my own eyes. I didn't even have to, I didn't even need a camera to see you. And you reached at me. Why did you reach at me? Zach just saw you walk by. That's two people that saw you with our own eyes. Now, what do you want? And if you can hear my voice, make these light up. Make them light up. I ch I'm challenging you. There's also one in this room if you don't like these two. Light up this little guy right here. As Billy leaves the room to find me, the ball incredibly lights up. What are you doing? Huh? What are you doing? You all right? Not something I was really right now. was just strong. The guy is connecting with me, he wants my energy. He knows that like I'm alpha and he wants to use my power to inflict it on myself or you guys. I feel it, I know it. Everything's too clear here. The visions are too clear. I have a very bad feeling. I can physically feel the entity at the top of the stairs. And as I try to regain my composure, 
It hits Aaron as well. so weird. Oh, dude, my arms. Oh my God, dude. What's wrong? I stood up and I like lost my balance and I thought I was like gonna fall backwards like I'm down a rabbit's hole or something. And then all of a sudden, like I can feel my whole arm like pulsating with my heartbeat. Like, dude, dude. Here, finger camera. I decide to send Aaron in front of me, at which time I see a ball of light shoot right into his back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Billy, mark that. I just got a, a light behind Aaron. It was a flashing light. It was right there, like on this table, going into his back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? It was a blight, a right, blight, bright, light, white. Right? What? Right? Aaron and I begin acting very strange. It must be trying to use our energy or something, man, because I am like... I'm feeling it again. I don't like it in here. No. I don't like it. I mean, what are we supposed to do here? Oh, is that a black? Did you see a black mask? Yes. I did too, and I yeah. thought I was trickery my own eyes. No, it was in it front was of... in the bed. Right by no, the bed. It was through you. Through me? Yeah. I saw it go into the bedroom. Like, right by Whoa. Whoa, quiet, quiet, quiet. Whoa. We now enter Jillian's bedroom. Whoa! What? What? What, dude? Bro, I just saw something. What'd right you see? It was right in front of you. In front of me? Yeah, it was just a weird... Thing. It was like a face, it was black but white. Stop, Aaron. As you heard Zach and his team truly terrified at their experiences, paranormal research is a field that explores phenomena and experiences that fall outside the scope of currently understood scientific principles. While there are individuals and organizations that investigate paranormal phenomena, it's important to note that such research is highly controversial within the scientific community. The reasons for the skepticism include the lack of reproducible evidence and the absence of theoretical framework that could explain paranormal phenomena. Now that we've had a chance to listen to some of the shows that are on mainstream television, why don't we look at some of the tools at their disposal and the credibility of some of them. Okay, so imagine a nifty little gadget that ghost hunters swear by. It's called the EMF meter, or aka the Spookiometer. It's like a ghost detective's secret weapon, a pocket-sized Ghostbusters best friend. This thing looks like it's straight out of a sci-fi movie. It's compact, handheld, and comes in cool shades of black or gray. Ghost hunters carry it around like a pro, ready to catch those sneaky little spirits. The EMF meter has a display that tells you how strong the electromagnetic field is. It can be all digital and high-tech, or the classic needle that wiggles when something strange is nearby. It's like the ghostly Richter scale. 
you can tweak it to be super sensitive or chill it out a bit, depending on how ghostly the situation feels. Sometimes you want to catch even the tiniest ghost hiccup. And get this, some models even talk to you. They beep or make cool ghostly noises when they sense something unusual. It's like having a ghost buddy whispering secrets in your ear. Now, for the true ghost hunting pros, there are fancy ones that keep a record of everything. You can go back later and analyze the data, like reviewing a ghostly detective case file. It's usually powered by batteries, so you better pack some extras. Ghosts don't wait for you to replace dead batteries, or should we say, ghost batteries? Ghost hunters believe that when this thing goes nuts and starts beeping and flashing, it's a sign that ghosts are in the neighborhood. They wave it around looking for electromagnetic field spikes like a paranormal pro with a trusty sidekick. But here's the twist. While ghost hunters love their EMF meters, not everyone's convinced they actually work. Mainstream science gives them the side eye, and many think they're more for fun than actual ghost hunting science. So what's the verdict on EMF meters? I mean, a lot of you will probably disagree with me, but EMF meters for ghost hunting are considered a myth by mainstream science. I mean, there's no real scientific evidence to support their use for detecting ghosts or paranormal activities. So we're going to call this one a myth and not fact. Next up is the Ovulus, the magical talking gadget that ghost hunters adore. It's quickly making its way into mainstream ghost hunting and part of every ghost hunter's uh, inventory. It's like a high-tech equivalent of a crystal ball, but with sensors and a voice. So picture the Ovulus as a super sleuth with a bunch of gadgets strapped to its chest. Temperature sensors, electromagnetic field detectors, and even an air pressure gauge. It's like Inspector Gadget ready for ghostly action. Inside the Ovulus, there's a treasure trove of words and phrases. Each word has a secret code, and when the sensors go bananas, the Ovulus deciphers the code and shouts out the corresponding word. It's like a ghostly game of Scrabble, where the ghosts spell out messages using the environment. As the environment changes, the Ovulus gets to work. When it sees a temperature drop or a weird electromagnetic blip, it's like playing detective and solving the mystery of what the ghost wants to say. So, in a way, ghost hunters use the ovulus like a giant walkie-talkie. They ask questions, and the ovulus responds with words or phrases. It's like having a conversation with a ghost through a robot interpreter. Now, whether or not this is fact or a myth, I'm still kind of on the fence. I mean, who can deny something that can have an intelligent conversation with you? But then again, is it always having an intelligent conversation with you? Here's a short clip of one of the most interesting ones I've come across so far. Aaron now begins using his Ovulus 3 communication device to see if he and Billy are indeed in the presence of a spirit. Did it just say Nick? It just said Nick. That's the investigator that That's we interviewed. That's the guy they always ask for. Earlier, we interviewed a man named Nick who is extremely affected by an entity that occupies this building. All of a sudden, my wrist was just grabbed. 
This entity is trying to tell you something. It's trying to communicate something to you. And that guy, Nick, is here all the time. All the time. All he says time. he always gets his name on stuff. He's right. always asked for First name that comes up on the eye list when we're here. Right. Bam. They're familiar with him. He told us that you'd be asking for him. He said you would ask for his name, and you did. Or you would say his name. What the hell? Send. Send? Send who? You leaving. Did it just say oh, Nick again? Just said his name. God. Earlier, Nick told us that his connection with this spirit began when it made eye contact with him through this window. I think this evidence further validates that when someone investigates a location over 150 times and seems visually affected by an entity, it's no coincidence that his name comes through twice out of only three total voices. So Nick, if you're watching this, the spirits here want you to come back and face them. Have you ever disrespected the entity? I usually don't uh, provoke at all. Usually, but usually. you have. I have. When they just said that guy's name, it just felt like a wave of energy. Right. Over my back. So that was just a short clip from one of the episodes of Ghost Adventures. And I guess in a way it did have an intelligent conversation with the ghost investigators. However, does that mean I truly believe that the ovulus does communicate with the other side? Still on the fence. So I'm going to leave this one up for you to decide. All right, let's talk about EVPs for a second. EVP stands for Electronic Voice Phenomenon. And it's a fascinating concept often encountered in paranormal investigations and ghost hunting. Essentially, EVPs are a mysterious or unexplained sound or voice that appear on audio recordings but were never audible to the naked ear at the time of recording. Imagine you're exploring a spooky, old haunted house with a digital audio recorder in hand. You're asking questions like, is anyone here? Or can you give us a sign? But to your surprise, when you play back the recording later, you hear faint, ghostly whispers, voices, or sounds that you didn't hear during your investigation. EVPs are like invisible messages from the beyond. They can range from faint murmurs to clear and distinct voices, and sometimes even strange noises or responses to questions. Investigators believe these voices might be coming from spirits or entities in the vicinity. Ghost hunters use sensitive audio recording equipment to capture sounds beyond the range of human hearing. They may also employ noise reduction techniques to enhance and isolate these mysterious voices from background noise. Once the EVPs are captured, investigators carefully analyze and interpret them. They may transcribe what they hear, share it with others, or use it as potential evidence of paranormal activity. Some believe the voices in EVPs may offer insights into the intentions or thoughts of the spirits. Although EVPs are highly debatable about its interpretations, it's important to note someone hearing the voice out of context may not hear a logical word or phrase at all. 
You may have seen some of those TikToks where they play a sound and you have two words on the screen. Depending on the word you're looking at, that is the phrase you hear. This is some, somewhat similar. Let's take a listen to some EVPs. I will play them first, then tell you what it was interpreted as, and then play it again to see if you hear it the second time. Okay, so here's the first one. You're going to hear the investigator ask, how are you associated with this hospital? At which point you'll hear a whisper back. How are you associated with the hospital? How are you associated with the hospital? So were you able to catch that? It was pretty faint, but they say that the whisper says, we're not dead. Let's listen to it again and see if you can hear it this time. How are you associated with the hospital? How are you associated with the hospital? In the second one, the investigators are at a pub and they claim that the entity had come up to the recorder and whispered into it. I'm not going to lie. It sounds very eerie, but let's see what you hear. So did you catch that one? That one's a little bit difficult, but if you listen carefully, they transcribe this to say, I'm not done here. Let me play that for you again, and then I will play it for you even slower. And now I'll play this at half speed. Yep, definitely creepy and goosebump worthy, but um, let's move on. This next one was recorded at an old hunting lodge. You can hear the investigators in the background and then the ghostly voice. The EVP was actually enhanced uh, in the soundbite, which is why it sounds louder than the rest of the clip. But it's pretty easy to decipher. This one actually screams out, Get out. Let's play it again. This last one was recorded inside of an insane asylum. And it's pretty clear. Let's see what you think. But 
In this clip, you can clearly hear the investigators in the background, completely ob oblivious to the recording they just captured. In this one, you can clearly hear the lady say, I'm not crazy. Let's listen to it again. So it's clear that most of these are truly up to the interpreter and what you are being told you are hearing. But let's be honest, some of them are pretty clear and leave little room for misinterpretation. Normally, I would say myth, but I'm going to go with fact on this one. Although we've only covered just a few of the tools in many Ghost Hunters arsenal of gadgets, we've only scraped the tip of the iceberg. Maybe we can cover them in depth on another episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap up our ghostly podcast journey, let's address the million dollar question. Do ghosts really exist? So throughout our episode, we've explored the intriguing world of paranormal phenomena, from ghostly encounters in haunted locations to tools and theories used in ghost hunting. We've heard chilling tales and fascinating EVPs, and we've ventured into the unknown. But when it comes to the existence of ghosts, it's a question that continues to elude a definitive answer. While countless individuals claim to have had paranormal experiences and investigators have collected intriguing evidence, the scientific community remains skeptical. The existence of ghosts remain unproven within the framework of mainstream science. Ultimately, the question of whether ghosts exist is deeply personal and often shaped by one's beliefs, experiences, and perspective. Some find comfort in the idea of an afterlife and the presence of spirits while others seek more concrete evidence and explanations. As we conclude this episode, let me leave you with this. The mysteries of the supernatural and the unknown are part of what makes life so captivating. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, the world is full of wonders waiting to be explored, and the realm of the paranormal will continue to spark our curiosity and imagination. Thank you for joining me on this ghostly adventure. Keep an open mind, and may your own adventures in the unexplained be filled with intrigue and wonder. Until next time, stay curious, stay informed, and stay connected. I'm your host, Gurkham Yuxel, and this was Conspiracy Chronicles, Unveiling the Truth.